I understand the importance of being kind to other people and working with a stuffed animal. It's not just, and this is something I say a lot, it's not just about fixing and mending the fabric. It's about mending people's hearts too. Hi, I'm Daniela Lord-Taylor and you're entering a world gone good. Well, hello, my name is Steve, and this is World Gone Good, the podcast where we shine the light and or find the light in the darkness to prove there's still good out there and lots of it. Hey, let's get social together. Follow us on Instagram. We are at World Gone Good Podcast. And on Twitter, we are at World Gone Good One. That's World Gone Good, followed by the number one. We can be BFFs and trade recipes and memes and talk smack. Good smack. We talk good smack. That's the smack we're going to talk. <laughs> follow us on our social handles, and we will definitely follow you back on yours. Speaking of social media, a good segue into today's show. I was on the Insta, and I saw a video of a disheveled teddy bear brought back to life. It was like my favorite show, The Six Million Dollar Man. They made him stronger and better and faster. This bear had seen better days and in under three minutes, maybe a little longer in real time, he got like a full makeover, like a full spa treatment. And he got new stuffing for his innards and he got a blowout at the end. He looked all fair fawcity. I'm doing like a lot of 1970s references right now. He looked like a brand new bear, brand new bear. And the whole thing was narrated by this lovely woman who told the story of who this bear belonged to and why it was so important to give him this refresh. Daniel Allure Taylor is the woman behind the stuffed animal makeovers. She's the queen of fluff. Literally, that's the name of her company. You go grab your own teddy right now, your favorite stuffed animal, your blankie, whatever you need. It's time for Danielle to share her good. Quick note before we get going here, her dog Hogarth makes a special appearance. I said I would edit out, but y'all know I rarely edit stuff out, so I'm just going to, you know, keep going. Here we go. Danielle, we're going to dive right in, and I want you to just tell everybody from the get-go, what is it you do? I fix stuffed animals for a living. This is the greatest show I'm ever going to get to do in my life. So I was on Instagram and I saw somebody reposted, I don't know, a TikTok or something. And I was like, what is happening? What is this woman doing? And I turned the volume on and I just saw your hands and you're taking apart this little stuffed animal. You gave him a bath. He got like a spa treatment. And I was fascinated by this. So let's go back in life for a moment. What was your first stuffed animal? His name is Rabbit, and I still have him to this day. He is, according to everyone I know, the ugliest thing they've ever seen. (laughs) But I did. I got him the day I was born from my aunt. She came to the hospital to meet me and handed my mom this brown and pink fuzzy rabbit, and I carried him with me ever since. Well, obviously not anymore because, you know, I'm a grown-up. But he's still in my room, chilling out on my desk. (laughs) And uh, that's really where it all started. It, it, everything started with Rabbit. Is he still brown and pink? 
Absolutely not. No, he he is green. Uh, his stuffing is green, so the all of the fur wore off, and he he's just mesh and stuffing. That's all he is anymore. Uh, he's just worse for wear. Let's just say that. <laughs> I have I have two because each of my grandparents grandmothers apparently brought me one. So I have Teddy and Freddie. And Oh, that's amazing. I think the story legend goes is that they were always Teddy and Teddy and I was I don't know how many years old and I just started calling the other one Freddie and everybody like loved that and that's what we went with. Now, I find this so fascinating because what was the spark that made you go I want to reimagine, I want to reinvigorate stuffed animals for people. So with Rabbit, as I continued to grow up, he just continued to get worse. And my mom always fixed him up for me. She was just one of those people that put down whatever she was doing. If I asked her to fix him and, and she would do it. And we didn't have, you know, these restoration tools. We just had needle and whatever thread was lying around from you know, sweaters that she bought at the store or anything. So there's no matching colors on rabbit. I should say all of the different sewing marks on him are, and he looks like a rainbow in some places, <laughs> but she would always say, yeah, Danielle, let's, let's fix him, you know? And she always would put him back together somehow. I mean, I do this for a living and I look at him and I'm like, how did she do it? You know, <laughs> uh, a lot of love was put into that. And so for me, watching her do that, watching her lovingly mend him time after time, it just stuck with me. And it wasn't until I was a little bit older that I thought I could do this myself. Not always necessarily with Rabbit, but you know, with other toys that my brother and I played with. So I would take her needle and thread without asking most of the time. <laughs> and I would just, I would fix them myself. And it was funny. There was this uh, green kitchen tub that she would keep everything in. And I still remember grabbing that and running upstairs with it. Most of the time, just hiding it under my bed. So she didn't know I had it. And uh, I don't know, kind of performing surgeries <laughs> on my stuffed animals. And it just, I don't know, that's a fun memory to look back on just because I thought I was being sneaky. M Mom always knew, you know, parents, they know even when you think you're being sly. But I... I always carried that thought with me of my mom and then eventually of me, you know, doing these restorations myself. And as I got older, I started to babysit, watch after people's kids. And I always had this opportunity to help fix my friends, you know, stuffed animals. And again, that's just kind of where it where it really started, where people started asking me for help. It wasn't always me offering. And I, I loved it. I loved being able to help people. And I think ultimately that's the, that's, hold on a second. Hogarth, go lay down. Sorry. My dog is just staring at me <laughs> and he's driving me insane. Sorry. Okay. Obviously we can edit that part. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he's so needy. It's so annoying. Okay. Um, I forgot where I was. You were saying that that's kind of where it started for you because people, you, you started offering, people started asking, and then the spark sort of happened. People could see what I was accomplishing. And so it wasn't necessarily me offering my work anymore. It was, Hey, I saw what you did. Can you help me with mine? 
and this is before social media really was a thing. And so there, I, I'm sure I have photos. I know I have photos lying around at my parents' house somewhere, but I didn't have videos. I didn't have anything like there is now. So it was just word of mouth. And I had my daughter 10 years ago. And during that 10 years, I just focused on being a mom. I had taken on other jobs, worked at other places and kind of put my passions aside because I was raising a child. And now that she was older, it really started to come back for me of what what can I bring back into my life that will re-spark a lot of my passions and my just anything really that brought me joy. And uh, the place that I was working at at the time, amazing music therapy center. I only worked there for two weeks and then the pandemic happened. Wow. And I lost my job. And, you know, my boss was devastated. She was like, I, you know, you just started and I'm so sorry, but we, we've got to let you go. And I understood. I completely understood what was going on. And at the same time, I just thought, what am I going to do? You know, suddenly I don't have a job. We're in the middle of a pandemic and I had a lot of free time on my hands. And that's when I downloaded TikTok (laughs) and it consumed my life just watching videos for a long time. And uh, it ended up being uh, just something fun for me to do to pass the time. And then I joined a group of friends who had ended up doing a little video contest And one of the things that they had asked us to do was to make a video of something we were passionate about. And that was the first video, first restoration video I ever did. And it exploded. And it's still shocking to me today how even any of that happened. But it was just amazing. Well, you know, you you hit it on the head. It's a simple joy, right? And it's it's just it gives people a nostalgia feeling it gives people like a comforting feeling and it's just so nice to see somebody be kind i agree and you know i i get i get this a lot like oh my goodness you're you're doing the lord's work and you're you're such a wonderful person and i do i i appreciate all those comments i just i have a hard time accepting compliments i suppose but i just I understand the importance of being kind to other people and working with a stuffed animal. It's not just, and this is something I say a lot, it's not just about fixing and mending the fabric. It's about mending people's hearts too. And so it's, that's where my kindness derives from. I want, I'm an acts of service person. So I'm just, that's how I tell people I care about them. And you're right, there's not always a lot of kindness in the world, especially, I feel like, especially now. So I think that's why people gravitate towards videos like that, because it connects you, it just pulls at your heartstrings, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, also, you're trying to make up for some crappy things you've done in your life. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm an idiot. I've done a lot of dumb stuff. Wouldn't you love <laughs> if I just had like some list where I'm like, let's go back to 16 year old when you stole that car. No, I'm kidding. I could tell you, <laughs> I could tell you some things. I really could. <laughs> no, but I love that because that's what makes us human. Like yeah. people who listen to this show and think I'm like such a good, kind person. 
I've done some really crappy things in my life. I've yeah. there's other people I'm sure are listening. Going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can tell you a few <laughs> things he's done. So I just, <laughs> but I love that because I think that there is an equal ground. I think we can have our, you know, our, our, for lack of a better words, badassery side, but yeah. then we can also have our fun, kind side. Let me ask you a couple questions. The name of your company and how did you come up with the name of your company? It was kind of a joke. We well, when uh, my video blew up, I looked at my husband and I said, "What am I going to do? I- I've got hundreds of messages already. I have to set up a Google ac- account. I've got to go ahead and make an official email. I've got to somehow make a website." You know, I I was straight up panicking. I was running around my house with my head cut off. You know, I'm like, I don't even have a business name. You know, and and my husband he looks at me. He's like, "What about fluff?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds great." You know, <laughs> so it was just, uh, it was so funny how fast it happened. You know. And it was nice to have his support and he was, you know, excited right along with me, you know, but, you know, just in, in my mind, fluff is such a funny word, but I just think of the stuffing inside a lot of the things that, you know, one of the things that people always love about my videos is the memories or the fluff that I put back inside from what was previously there. And so in my mind, that's really what fluff means. And so that's ultimately why I decided to go with that name. Now, the video I watched, you restuffed the, the stuffing that he came with. And then you put a little something in there, a little magic envelope pocket something. Did I see that right? Yes. So, so I. <laughs> so what I do is a, a lot of the stuffing that you see me put back inside of it is new because I just, I want it to be a a refreshing thing, I suppose. And a lot of times, a lot of the stuffing is either really damaged or it's really soiled and it's just uh, honestly just straight up nasty. But what I do, because a lot of the people who come to me for a restoration, they say, I'm afraid he won't be the same. And so in my mind, and this is what my mom used to do for me, I I should have brought that up. My mom would always push rabbit stuffing back in before she sewed them up. And she'd always say, we can't forget his memories. And so that is why I just, I did that with my very first restoration. I thought, you know, we got to give him his memories back. So just a little piece of him from before, just so that every single person knows that their friend that's coming back to them is still the same, even though he's, he or she is restored. So that's why I do that. Now, I'm not making fun of you, but I love so many of these videos. And I can't, I think you sort of do, did it a little bit. I love these videos because everyone gets kind of a softer voice and they say things like, okay, the first thing we're going to do is I'm going to take out, I'm going to slit the back of the teddy bear. I'm going to rip out his innards. But yes. I always laugh because everyone says this like softer voice. They're suddenly like a very calming spa-like, welcome to the spa. Can I get you some cucumber water? Um did you think of that when you did it or did you, did you, was that like a calming factor in part of it or I just, I'm just wondering. In the beginning, I wanted to be a lot more lighthearted and, you know, I tried to be a little peppier, like, Hey, you know, we're going to do this restoration and it's so much fun. And, and then the more I started to do these videos, I realized, you know, I feel like I'm not being my true, genuine self. Usually when I tell a story or when I just talk in general, I'm not 
normally like this super animated individual aside from, you know, talking with you right now, right, right. but it's just, I, I don't know. It is. It's funny that you're bringing that up because I didn't really notice a lot of people are like, wow, you have such a soothing voice. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? I hate listening to my voice. That's like, every one of us. That's every one of yes. us because you hear, you hear what you hear. Like you, you think you sound like inside your body and then right. you hear yourself later and you're like, Oh my God, I sound like a freak. Yeah. I'm like, why is my voice so high pitched? You know? Right. <laughs> yes. So I guess in, in a way I'm trying to be, you know, calmer and, and it is kind of funny, though, because my husband had said not that long ago, he's like, what if you did a voiceover where you're just like, yeah, I'm going to do this and that and, you know, rip this out and shove this here. I'm like, I, I don't. And I think part of the reason why people watch these restorations is because it calms them down. Yes. I feel yes. like it would probably bring more anxiety if I added more stress to the situation. By, but it, it kind of reminds me like if those, those, you know, zoologists and people in the jungle were like, we're sneaking up on yes. the tiger. Like that's what it reminds <laughs> me of. And that's kind of the voice you have to use because the tiger is going to turn around and maul you if you get any louder on him, right. even though you probably weren't sneaking up on him. Someone else filmed that and you just added that in later. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I totally get that. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions. What is the biggest and what's the smallest restoration you've done? Oh, gosh. Um... The biggest restoration I have done, a friend of mine, she kind of lied to me. She's like, I have a, I have a medium large sized bear and it's blue. And I'm like, okay. And so she pulls up to my house and she pulls this bear out. I was like, you are a liar. It was one of those bears from the fair. And <laughs> it's just one of those massive sizes. So I thought, oh my gosh, this is just, okay. We, I got this. <laughs> I don't think I have enough stuffing. I'm going to go have to get more stuffing for this thing, but let's do it. Um, it just, it was a, it was a sentimental gift that she had gotten years ago. And then she almost decided to throw it away because it had just gotten so gross from, you know, their pets and whatever else. And so then she brought it to me and I fixed him up, gave him back to her. She loved it. But yeah, that was probably the biggest one I've done. And then the smallest, this sweet, adorable, young girl, she had a little pink cat and she took him with her to the hospital. She was in the hospital a lot. And he just is one of those friends that just carried with her wherever she went. And so that was uh, a big, it was a big restoration for me because she was going into a big surgery that next week and they wanted to do, you know, something kind of surgery like with um, with Kitty was the name so that we could um, kind of make her feel like, okay, Kitty just had surgery. So it's okay that you're going to have surgery because you're going to feel better just like Kitty does now, you know? That's magic. So, yeah, it was super cute. And that was probably the tiniest one I've done aside from like, you know, beanie babies and things like that. But they're all kind of generally that same size. That's amazing. You know, I uh, when I was a little boy, I had a babysitter named Karen Gardiner. And Karen got, unfortunately, she was a teenager. I was probably four or five years old. She had a very rare form of cancer. She had amputations and, and oh, poor wow. girls. Well, she wound up in the hospital. And I said to my mom, she's scared. She's lonely. I remember saying this. She's scared and lonely. Mail her Freddie. And I gave her one oh. of my bears. And my mom said, okay, but just know 
she may, you may not get him back. And I said, no, she needs him. She needs him. So my mom mailed him Freddie, uh, mailed her Freddie. And then Karen passed. I don't even know the time frame anymore, months, a year later, whatever. And then about a year later, her mother, um, came over, they were our neighbors and she gave me Freddie back. And she just said, you know, that was like, the greatest thing she lit up when we opened up the envelope, having no idea what was inside. And I wrote her a note saying, hey, Freddie's here to be with you. Oh. And so I, I understand that, you know, I, I just, I just talked to my mom about this recently and just, it's a, it's a safety thing. And that's really what, you know, stuffed animals are much like a security blanket, like Linus from Charlie Brown. It's Absolutely. just feeling that security. It's a friend that you can take with you wherever you go. It's a friend that won't talk back to you. It'll never be mean to you. It'll never hurt your feelings. You know, it'll always be there to comfort you. And so that's why I think so many people connect with an in an inanimate object in some shape or form, whether it be a pillow or a blanket or a stuffed animal or whatever it is, you know, because they understand that it's something that will be there for you no matter what. And I think that's why the preservation of their friend is so important because they want it to last forever. And I'll be honest with you, the majority of the people that ask, ask for a restoration are adults. Wow. Of course, there's little kids that want help. And I, you know, but the majority of clients that I've had are, are grownups. And I hear these amazing stories and every single story is different. And it's just something so surreal to me how connected they are to something so small and cuddly, you know? And I mean, I get how they feel and they, it's so funny. Every single, almost every single one of them has said, I probably sound crazy, but I'm like, let me show you a picture of rabbit. I want you to understand that I know exactly how you feel, you know? And it's a shared experience because I believe that every single person listening right now is nodding and looking over or remembering their own. Yeah. And that is why I think so many people relate to your TikTok videos and want to experience that feeling again. Um, I have a question about TikTok because I don't know a lot about it. I'm old. Okay. Let's just, let's, let's not lie here. Um, is there a time limit to a TikTok video or is there a recommended time to a TikTok video? So originally when you start an account, you can only do a minute long video, which is very hard to put a whole entire restoration into just one minute. But then eventually you can, um, you kind of upgrade to being able to do longer videos. And I, I have three minute videos. Apparently you can do 10 minute videos now, which I don't have that option. So I, I guess I'm not cool enough, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's funny that you bring up uh, not knowing much about TikTok because I feel like I really don't know as much as many others <laughs> do. It's still something I'm learning about every single day and trying to, you know, accommodate m my viewers and finding the best time to post a video. And ultimately, though, if, you know, one person sees it and smiles, that's what I care about. Like the client that has come to me with their stuffy they're the one that I care most about seeing that video. But then all these other people that are affected by my video, you know, it, it also brings me joy. 
It's so interesting because something we've talked about on this show many times, I've said, and, and it's what started this this podcast, is I was looking for a podcast that would just make me feel good. One that didn't have a million damn commercials in it. One that oh, yeah. wasn't uh, one that didn't begin with. I'm going to give you the six steps to feeling presence and meditation. And but before I give you the six steps, here are 18 commercials. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and what I thought to myself, which is, it's happened so many times in my life, is I'm just going to put it out there, and I have no clue what I'm doing. I've never done a podcast before, and I just started saying, "Well, I know how to edit." And I'm a marketer, so I know how to market. Um, That should be the two hardest parts in my mind. Right. But if it's important to me and if it's something I'm interested in, I believe other people are too. Do you feel that way? Oh, absolutely. If it's something that you're passionate about, other people are going to take notice. You know, they're going to be able to see how you feel, how you convey your message. And I think ultimately, uh, you know, I was just having a conversation with my brother two nights ago about all of this, actually, which is so crazy because we were, you know, he was asking me, I wonder why some of your, you know, your restoration videos, one of them uh, has 30 million views. Wow. I know. And it blows my mind. I'm like, well, what about, what is it about certain videos that like blow up a lot more? And it's always when, I tell the story when I connect the story to this stuffed animal. It's not that, you know, every stuffed animal has a story, but some of them, you know, maybe they don't want to tell the full story, have me, you know, say it in the video or, well, for whatever reason. But that that tends to be the thing that makes people love watching these videos is understanding why that stuffed animal is so special. And when you connect the heart to whatever you're doing, and it, that's what ultimately makes it worth watching or worth listening to or, you know, whatever reason. And I'm sure that's exactly why everyone loves your podcast so much is because your your heart is connected. Well, more people need to, I need 30 million to love them. Okay. We're not there yet, but we're going to get there. No, but that's true because what you're talking about is an experience, right? And before you and I started, we kind of went through the checklist where anyone who ever comes on the show, I give you a little checklist before we start. I tell you, you're fine to curse. You're fine to use four letter words, five letter words. Well, we went through all this, right? And one of the things I said to you is whatever you're comfortable sharing, personal wise, story wise, lifetime wise, that's what is the connective tissue that we have as human beings. So for you, it's like, of course, that makes complete sense. And and because I can connect to it and someone goes, oh my God, I connected to it. And you know who needs to see this? These five friends of mine. I'm going to send it to these five friends of mine. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. The majority of my comments usually are people tagging other people. You know, they somehow are connected to what I'm doing and they're either finding joy in it or may or maybe sadness. Maybe it was the same stuffed animal they had a kid as a kid and ended up, you know, being thrown out. Who knows? And I wish I think that's the hardest part for me is wishing that I could connect with every single person that talks to me or messages me or whatever. I'm still like, it's only, it's only just me doing this business. So it gets very stressful at times and I'm doing a lot trying to stay on top of everything, but I 
I always want everyone to know that I care. And even though if they might not hear from me for six months to a year, it doesn't mean I don't care. It just means I'm busy. (laughs) I am human and I have, I, I do have a life outside of restorations. Although I feel like all I ever do anymore is restore, but that that is honestly okay with me because I'm a homebody and I don't really do a lot anyway. <laughs> so that's just that's just something that always brings me happiness. So I do it all the time. And it's also we've changed how we communicate, right? We, you know, how you and I are communicating right now is almost like we're out for a cup of coffee, right? Right. But that's changed because people in with social media. And um, I've talked about this before on the show too, is like so many people, including myself, we create like a celebrity version of ourselves. Right. And it's like this, it's almost like this safe walled version that we put out there to the world. And we, you know, the pictures we take, we put them through a filter and we make ourselves brighter and better and blah, blah, blah. And we take it a certain angle. And we take it 52 ways, but it's not in real time happening. So I say that because I do believe you are connecting with people based on how we communicate now, especially after the last two years we've had. Oh, yeah. And being locked up. So I think it's, I just think, and it's why I reached out to you. I just think it's so good what you're doing. It's so simple. And this is my favorite thing. I love when people find something they're passionate about. It's simple and it's good. I I definitely, I really appreciate that a lot. And, you know, it is... It's so interesting to me, especially with these last couple of years, like you just said, I, oh, my username is a tall glass of anxiety and I'm, um, <laughs> I, I am, <laughs> I'm six feet tall and I am one of the most anxious pr- people you'll ever meet. I just, I am, I feel, I don't know what it is, but anxiety is just in my DNA, I guess. But that was one of the things that people comment a lot. They're like, you're help, helping cure my anxiety. And I'm like, I wish I could say the same. <laughs> you know, I, w- I still have it, but it helps because in that moment, I really do feel like I'm, you know, not worth something, but I'm, I'm more worthy, if that makes sense by, you know, doing these acts for, for other people, you know, and it's, it's helped keep me grounded because with the way that the world has changed so much within these last two years, it's just, um, it's, I've definitely had more anxiety than I used to before. So it's just definitely something that's helped me stay level-headed and not revert into, you know, a little, a hole in in a cave and just live there forever. You know, it makes me go out there and interact with other people. And, um, I've, I've made so many new acquaintances just, uh, just by going out and, you know, um, asking, you know, people for old stuffed animals that they don't want anymore so I can clean them and adopt them out or for whatever other reason, you know, it does, it really, kind of brings humanity back into your life because you're making connections with people in person and it's not just over a screen. Yeah. Yeah. Before we wrap this up, I want to ask you one final question. Uh, and the question is this, what would you tell 
anyone listening, and I've had other people on here talking about their passions. We just had uh, Broncos Gone Good with my friends August and, and his his co-owner friend Lisa, and they build Bronco, Ford Broncos from the, the ground up for you. Oh, wow. It's, ins- it's insane, but cool. So I asked them this question. I'm going to ask you this question. What would you tell anybody out there listening right now about taking the leap and following your passion? What, what do you have to say to the people? Talk to the people. Uh, be It's okay to be afraid, but do it anyway. Be afraid, but do it anyway, because I was scared. I was scared to spend the money for a website. I was scared to, you know, accept these clients to have them send me their, you know, their friend, you know, but it, it, I don't know. It was in the back of my mind. If I don't do it, if I don't go for it, I'll probably regret this forever. And even if you feel like people are going to make fun of you for your passions or you're going to, you know, tease you, whatever, screw them, screw them. You know, we're, we're adults. It's 2022. We should be able to, you know, support each other in whatever we do. And I honestly feel like if it's going to bring you joy, do it as long as it's within reason and, you know, don't, don't be an idiot. (laughs) It, It should be something to either help yourself or help other people. You know, it shouldn't, shouldn't be too crazy, but I would yeah, legal. As, as long, long as, as it's legal, legal and if, it, yeah. if it's illegal, just be quiet I, I about guess. it. Like do it quietly. I, I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but no. <laughs> but you know, just just do it. Um, what have you got to lose? And you know, I've um my whole life I was so worried about what you know people thought of me. I was like bullied a lot as a kid, and I had just had well, it's probably why I have all the anxiety I have, honestly. But it's just something, I don't know. I just woke up one day and was like, well, so what if I like fixing stuffed animals and puppets and whatever else? It it makes me happy and screw what other people think, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's enough. That's yeah. enough. So I, I don't know. I just, um, anyone out there listening, I I really truly think that if you just step out of your comfort zone, even if it's just a toe out of that circle, it's better than nothing at all. And don't, uh, I don't know. I'm getting emotional now. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, good. This is the crying part. This is the crying part. This is the Oprah part. No, I, no, no. I, I as you just said, if one person listening right now is sparked and has been hesitating, if you helped hurdle them through, if you opened a door for them right now, then we have we have done all the good that could ever be done Absolutely. in the world. And that's how I truly feel. And even if somebody just listens to this and feels better about what they are doing, whatever it is, again, that then then we've done our we've done our good. And I and I'm so such a believer in that. I am too. I just watched a video and I think that's this is why I'm getting emotional is I saw a video of Mr. Rogers a couple days ago. He was being being interviewed by some guy and they said, how many kids do you think you've affected throughout your life? And he's like, I don't care how many. It's it, all that matters if it's just one. Right. And I was like, man, like it just, it just gut punched me because you know, if you worry about social media and how many views you have and how many likes you have and how many comments you have, we're 
you know, it, yes, that's important to a degree, but at the same time, don't make it everything because you'll lose sight of what you're doing this for. And for me, if I just spark one person to go out of their comfort zone and do something for them and for others, I'm, I'm good, you know? We close these shows with three questions. Don't panic. They're super easy. You already kind of answered one. Question number one, tell everybody about your company, where they can find you online. Go for it. I have my website, fluffrestoration.org, and there you'll find out about everything I do. And there's also a cute little adoption page where you can adopt the stuffy and I'll send it to you. (laughs) So cute. And where do people find you on Instagram again? Uh, a tall glass of anxiety is my Instagram. It doesn't have as much of my restoration videos. I'm working on that. That's just more of me being anxious and goofy. (laughs) (laughs) The last two questions can go back to anything we talked about or anything you want to say. It's how we end all our shows. Question number one is pretty simple. Who inspires you? Oh, my family, my daughter, They inspire me every day, especially my daughter. I love that kid. She's 10 and she is just the most amazing kid. And sometimes I feel like I'm looking up to her (laughs) instead of her looking up to me. That's so great. That is so great. And the final question, again, it's not even a question. It's a statement. You can finish it any way you want. Tell me something good. Life. Life itself, I know it sounds super corny, but waking up every day and going, I can do something good for someone else today and I can do something good for myself. That is, that's what it's about. Thank you, Danielle, for sharing your good and congratulations. Guess who just passed 1 million subscribers on TikTok? She did. How good is that? Next time on World Gone Good. I think that this healed me, which is going to sound crazy, I know, but I think these injuries, you know, the scars, the loss of my legs, the wheelchair, all of it, I think it healed me in a lot of ways that I didn't really even know that I needed. Stephanie Schaefer went on a family vacation and her life changed forever. She's going to share her incredible journey, how she found the light in the darkness, and how she turned it all into her brand new biography. This is one of the most inspirational episodes we've ever done. I cannot wait for you to hear her story. Until then, be good.